Hey everyone, you are listening to the Above the Tree Line podcast, where we take difficult questions about Christianity, faith, and culture and answer them through the lens of scripture. You can listen on your preferred podcast platform or watch online at youtube.com slash Austin Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to submit a question for us to address, you can do so at acfellowship.org slash podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Above the Tree Line. We are so glad that you guys are sticking with us through this journey. We are here with ACF Senior Pastor Will Davis It is a journey. Is it not a journey? You know, I never get through your name before you start talking. It's a pattern of misbehavior on my part. Say Will Davis Jr. Because I want to say Lauren Thurston, because you're the star. I want to say, hi, Lauren Thurston. Well, we are glad that you are here to answer what I would consider a very difficult question. I didn't say I was going to answer it. Um, I will discuss it with I'm you. I'm expecting you to have the exact right answer on you. this. Yes. Um, because this is another one of those for overthinkers where you can go round and round. <laughs> you can research. I, I have. There's a lot of different opinions out there on this. But today, the question that we are going to attempt Drum to roll, answer please. with humility is, why did God create Satan? Uh, we talked about free will mm. in humankind, and we touched a little bit on, we said we weren't going to go down the rabbit hole during that episode, but we talked about like, man, this whole thing could have just been avoided if Satan would have never even existed and God created Satan. So we do have some interest in pursuing this trail a little bit further. So um, the first, the way I want to tee this up is just to acknowledge that God is the creator of all things. We read that in Ephesians 3, 9. He's the creator of all things. In Genesis 1, God looked at what he, he had created and he said it was all very good. So by Genesis 1, that meant that Satan did not exist yet. Keep going. Or... Or all right, can I get, can I back up? Sure, and I get there. Promise. Okay. Um, Lauren mentioned humility. We prayed just before we came on with you guys because um, we do not want to appear flippant about this topic or like we have any sense at all of what really is going on here because no one does. Um, in our title, above the tree line. I have been above the tree line many, many times, and there's oftentimes, Lauren, in an audience, when you're up there and every rock is dicey and they might move, and if you add clouds and fog and or weather, you proceed extremely cautiously mm -hmm. lest you fall. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. This is not a topic we're messing around with or we're trying to do to get ratings or this is no one knows we're we're taking a fool's errand to try to figure out why god does what he does we'll take a shot at it but we've got to come in humbly and say we don't know yeah bottom line in reference to genesis 131 i've, I've actually never heard that in context of the creation of the of the devil and so i would think genesis 131 is maybe specifically to what god had done in the heavens and the earth um, I believe that the, the creation of the spiritual realm precedes Genesis 1-1. Mm -hmm. And so I would think that when God said this is really good, he was looking at everything from day one forward, which would all be material. So God clearly did not look at the devil and all that that happened before time and eternity began. When time and matter began, when everything, we all came around, he, I don't think he called that good, um, saying the devil. I think he was... 
looking at what happened specifically and what he'd made and going, and this is before Genesis 3 also. Mm -hmm. This is really good. I don't think he was talking about the devil there. So when do we think that Satan was actually created? So there's a whole, st there are some people who think that he was created in those first six days, be they eons, as we discussed, however how long back in one of our podcasts or a day period. Um, I believe that the spiritual realm precedes Genesis 1-1. And okay. that an entire rebellion that is hinted at in Scripture takes place before Genesis 1-1 because we find the enemy on the earth mm -hmm. by Genesis 3. Mm -hmm. And there's no reference in 1 and 2, chapters 1 and 2, of any kind of casting down. The devil seemed to already be here. So I think the spiritual realms are created before God did anything else that was a matter, uh, Genesis 1-1. And we don't know. The right. scriptures hint at it, but my favorite phrase today is we don't know. We don't, we know. don't know. We can ask, but we don't know. Well, it is kind of interesting because if you think about a, a book, normally a book that you would go and purchase would be in chronological order, right? It would be go, go from the very beginning to the end. And when we have this, the fall of Satan or Lucifer or however... Um, I know there's some disagreement on if Lucifer actually is Satan among some theologians, which I want to get into in a little bit. But it is interesting to me that in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, if the spiritual realm was created first and if the fall of Satan happened before all that, that it's not discussed at the very beginning yeah. of the Bible. Uh, it, good, good question. Multiple possible reasons. One is that the story of the Bible is redemptive history. And God's not working to redeem anything that fell before Genesis 1-1. He's working to redeem humanity. The Bible is the story of God's interaction, God's revelation of himself to humans and his interaction to bring humans back to himself, not to bring fallen angels back to himself. Mm. So they don't make the cut. So that creation is not for us to know. He doesn't choose to tell us. We know they're there, but in the wisdom of God, it's the story he wanted to tell didn't include how they all got here. Mm -hmm. And you got to think that in the wisdom of God, had that been important, he would have told us. Right. In our wisdom, it's like really important. But yeah. why? Think about, you said it, think of all the stuff you could have avoided God. Right. But he didn't think that was of significance, and right. so he didn't tell us. Right. So we kind of talked offline about this a little bit. Can God create anything that's evil? You said he can't create anything that's not already in him. There's no evil in God. I didn't so say that. There, I say the people that say that. Oh, people say that. God can't, people say there's God can't give what's not in him. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he can't give illness. And I'm going to not be so fast to say okay. that. I'm going to be humble about it and say I don't necessarily agree with that because he's clearly um, caused pain and suffering to the enemies of God on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. So uh, God can do what he wants. Okay, there's nothing that's ultimately outside the control of God. So to say the disease exists outside of God is a little bit, I think, talking out of both sides of your mouth because nothing exists ultimately outside of the control of God, right? including disease. Right. So, uh, so I have a little bit of a theory on this. Here we go. Now, normally, here we go. She finally is going to speak. Let's go, Lauren. I normally just finally tee up the questions. But send all cards and letters to Lauren Thurston. And I'm not saying that I am right on this whatsoever. But as you know how I am, I'm trying to make sense of things to the best of my ability. I know that the human brain is very limited. But um, I believe that by Genesis 131, my personal perspective is that everything was good including spiritual, physical, everything was good. So I think that the fall of Satan happened somewhere after Genesis 131. After 
And I don't think that Satan was created to be evil. I think that Satan was created as an angel and God created him the way that God creates everything. Um, it's God, God creates perfection, mm -hmm. but he gave the angels free will, just like he gave man free will. And hence you have the fall of a perfect design <laughs> into corruption. That would be my personal takeaway. I don't normally share, but I think you should close the podcast. That's great. Let's go home. Let's go. <laughs> let's We're just, done. Lunch. Let's just let's close with that. <laughs> but there's, you know, because there's these really interesting passages, and I know, like, I don't think it's a good thing for us to sit here and obsess over the devil or give him more um, airtime than he deserves. But when you read passages like Isaiah 14 yeah. or Ezekiel 28. Um, these are fascinating when it says how, uh, oh, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, which is what Lucifer means, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to earth. You who once laid low the nations, you had said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. Um, so basically this is whoever he's referring to as the morning star saying, oh, how you fallen because Isaiah, you wanted right? to be, yes, passage, you wanted yeah. to be like the most high one well, Ezekiel. To give credence to your theory, which I, I agree with, with the exception of um, that the creation of the of the angelic realm happened in the first seven mm -hmm. days, things preceding that. But I completely agree with you that the devil was not created evil. Um, in the Ezekiel passage, chapter 28, mm -hmm. in the King of Tyre passage, it says you were in Eden. Yes. And it, I think it says he was in Eden in his glorified state. Yes, it says you were the model of perfection, full of wisdom, yeah. and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the Garden of God. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so, so I ordained you. So that you. supports your theory. That supports your theory. That supports your camp. <laughs> My camp. Your camp that you're in <laughs> that would argue that Satan was created as part of the seven days or six days, and he was in Eden, and the fall happened, his fall happened subsequent mm -hmm. to that. And I've got no problem with that. Yeah. It is, I mean, it's... It's, it's really heartbreaking, though, when you read the Ezekiel passage about how if he's referring to Satan or Lucifer or however you want to refer to him, he was the model of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, and you were corrupted because of your splendor. You corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. That's heartbreaking. It's pride. Yes. It's just, it just comes down to pride. Um, and we don't know, again, we don't know the construct of an angelic being. I do believe that God created whatever became the devil as an angel initially. There's theories on how he was able to become evil. We can talk about that. Um, but at some point, he thought too highly of himself and basically led a revolt that if he's got any sense at all, again, we don't know how this works in the angelic realm, he knows he can't win. Right. You're not going to beat God. Sin does make you stupid, by the way, but he leads us revolt, and the rest is history, so to speak. So that's in the cloudiness and of the slippery rocks that I don't have any clue on. But something happened that caused this angel and many of the followers that the angel had to, to say it's the very same thing Adam and Eve did. We mm -hmm. want to be God. But we don't know exactly what, when, where, why, how this happened. We don't. Well, you know, in a previous episode, we also talked about the Nephilim. I know you you laugh we about that one a Nephilim. lot, I but that. that meaning like the fallen ones. Mm -hmm. 
And there are times when it talks about the fallen angels who are chained up um, and they're mm-hmm. locked up in prison. Mm-hmm. So the fallen angels, a.k.a. are they all Nephilim? Are they? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah now yeah. you're really out there. Boy, the rocks are getting slippery by the minute. <laughs> Well, it's, those in. are some of the questions that when you dig into it, it's like it's like you you dig one layer and then there's like five more possible answers and you could chase any one of those theories and then you end up at another nugget that you could go down a different path. Um, at the end of the day, we do say this a lot on these types of questions that don't don't stop don't stop with the just the creation account. Don't stop with yeah. um, you know the the fallen angels. Keep going until you get to Jesus, because that's this. These are not foundational. You're like you're not going to put your stake in the ground on yeah. this, or you shouldn't. you shouldn't. Anyway, if we're gonna like let's agree on Jesus, all this other stuff is secondary, tertiary. Um, nice use of the word tertiary. Thank you. There you go. I so wondered that's if a you good would, word. Right? I'm with her. I learned that, that in Greek what a tertiary yes. syllable was. But the, yeah, don't stop there because this is not foundational to your faith. But it is fascinating. As a student of God's word, I take every passage and you talk about exegesis. Mm-hmm. I could just sit there and just dig and dig and dig. And it really is like a treasure hunt. You never, you're never going to come out with no questions. That's yeah. a double negative. But you talked about this. <laughs> you went from tertiary to a double negative. <laughs> to a double negative. There you double, go. In, in less than a minute. But in, um, <laughs> So I want to get back to these, these fallen angels. So Second Peter says, God did not spare the angels when they sinned, yeah. but he sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness and held for judgment. We don't... Why do you think that these angels sinned? Uh, the only answer I can give you, Lauren, is pride um, and or deception because... Lucifer, the devil, is an unbelievable deceiver. He deceived Eve. He did not deceive Adam. Adam openly rebelled. Two different sins there. It's another topic for another day. But he did deceive Eve. Adam's sin is worse. So it may be that the devil deceived these angels into saying, hey, you follow me, I'll, I'll give you what God won't ever give you. If they have if they, if they have the ability to be deceived, he deceived them. Or it was just pride. Like, mm-hmm. let's go start our own thing. We, we're done being second place. And here we go. Um, either way, it was a really bad decision. And I think that the point of Jude and Second Peter is, if God didn't spare the angels, mm-hmm. what's he going to do with humans who have a higher accountability than angels do? We're created just below God. We're created above angels in Psalm 8. Interesting. I'm not sure I yeah. thought about that before. Yeah, we actually have a higher accountability. Angels are not in the image of God. Mm. We are. Angels are not God's representatives on the planet. We are. Mm-hmm. And, it, and so he says, if he didn't spare the angels who are less than human, what are you going to do with humans who shake their angry fist at God and say, never mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's why we're, on, we're trying to be very humble here right. because it's, we, have a, we have a duty to represent the Father well and to not, it's, a, it's another fool's errand, Lauren, for the unholy to try to figure out the holy. Right. And if you don't know which side of the equation you're on that one, I'll have a talk with you later about it. <laughs> well, that makes me just want to shut the whole <laughs> thing down mind. right now. Yes, back to lunch. <laughs> so I wasn't going to steer the conversation in this direction, but... Um, feeling the inspiration we, that you I'm, do. I'm, I'm, Here we I'm go. feeling it now. Okay. We do believe that the enemy is real. Like you quoted C.S. Lewis earlier about... What was the quote that you said for no the idea. podcast long about... Time ago. <laughs> Yeah, you can overthink you the can devil, overthink him. or you can ignore him, and both are wrong. Right. 
So the enemy is real. Um, as a Christ follower, I have experienced spiritual attack. I know you have experienced spiritual attack. What do you say to the people who just chalk up what we would call spiritual attack? What would, I mean, what do you say to the people that are just like, well, that was just, you know, unfortunate coincidence or bad luck or just the circumstances at the time? Like, how do you know when something actually is spiritual attack versus when it's not? Um, if I get a flat tire on the way home, chances are it's just a flat tire. But if there's more going on, um, I, I tend to interpret and read into spiritual warfare based on timing. Um, if you look at the attacks of the enemy against Jesus in his life, it was always right before or right after something really important in Jesus' life. His baptism, his crucifixion, the calling of the disciples. There's either a preemptive move or a destructive move on Satan's part. And so I try not to be the devil's and everything guy, but I have learned to look at if Susie and I are team teaching on a Sunday and we have the world's worst fight on a Saturday night, that may be evidence that we're being oppressed, mm. especially when it's over something that's completely irrelevant. Um, so I think you have to look at context and go, this could be oppression. And oftentimes I don't see that for myself. People have to speak into me and go, hey, Will, stupid, this is the devil. Mm -hmm. You're being oppressed. Um, sometimes in the Genesis 3 world, bad things happen. It's not always the hand of the enemy. But I do think you can expect, to the degree you're trying to honor Jesus and take a stand for him, you can expect satanic pushback. And that's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's just satanic pushback. Mm -hmm. He can't win. He can't destroy you. He can try to take you out of the game. But if he only has the only authority he has is what you believe right. that he says. Remember one of the things that one of the, our prayer pastors had said to me before was, like, you can't lose your salvation. We did an episode on that already. Mm -hmm. You can't lose your salvation. So once you're saved, like you belong to Jesus. So if the enemy can't take your faith, what's the enemy going to try to take? Um, is he going to try to take your marriage? Is he going to try to take your relationships? Is he going to try your to testimony, take... testimony, your story. Yeah, your testimony, your yep. story, um, your health. Like, what's he going to come after? So it's... Um, I don't like to be one of those people that believes that everything that bad happens is like, oh, it's just the devil attacking me today. But I do agree that there is something in spiritual attack, um, and I believe in it 150%. There's something in there where you can sense that there is like, there's, there's something that's not of God there and mm -hmm. learning. I think mm -hmm. we should probably do an episode on this, but learning to, um, distinguish very clearly the voice of God versus the that's voice good. of the enemy. Cause the voice of the enemy, sometimes he tries to sound a lot like God. And as we know from the Bible, he can quote scripture. He can also appear as an angel of light. Yeah. The scripture says, so that'd be a great episode. Stay tuned. Yes. So that's something that we will. All right. So can I answer the to. question I was asking? Please. Since you got to present your theory, yes. can I ask you? Okay, let me uh, I'm done. All right. Um, we haven't answered the why question. And there's two schools of thought, because all you guys are still asking, well, why did God allow this to begin with? Um, there's two schools of thought. I will not commit to either today, but I, I'll tell you what I think. Um, the first school of thought is that every created being of God that has a consciousness has a moral will. They have the ability to choose right from wrong. Mm -hmm. And that includes angelic beings and, and the spiritual realm. They have the ability to choose to obey because God wants free will more than anything else. He wants people following him not out of obligation, but out of love. And God built into the enemy, who was at that point not the enemy, the same free will that we have, and the enemy chose. Because in those Isaiah and Ezekiel passages, if you read the language, I will do this, I will mm -hmm. do this. The enemy asserts his will over God's. 
which if it's, if it's not poetic language, implies some independence. People push back on, and, on that and say, well, then God's a really weak leader because he can't control the very things he created, and he lost one-third of his pledges. Why should I agree with a, a God who can't control the very things he created and allows this kind of thing to happen on his watch? What kind of God is that? So the push, the alternative argument is that God needed evil to be part of his plan. Interesting. That God created, well, it's interesting until it's your child that's mm-hmm. the subject of evil. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting know, know. that it's, that's the theory. But yeah, I read this yesterday that, that well, God needed evil to, to display his authority in the earth and his plan in the earth, and that we worship and grow better in times of suffering and pain than in times of good and blessing. There's lessons we cannot learn anywhere else but in suffering, and God needed to demonstrate good versus evil, or he won't appreciate what good is. And so in order to fulfill his plan, he had to have evil as part of the plan. And he either created the devil evil, or he allowed the devil to become evil as part of his sovereign plan. I'm on God's sovereignty, but I'm going to go, hmm, mm, yeah, on that theory. Yeah, I don't know theory. about that theory. That's, but that's the, the pushback to what well, God's a lousy leader because... He let one third of his. He couldn't control one third of the troops. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of leader is that? Because he loved him enough to give them free choice. That's the two camps most people land in, mm-hmm. and I don't like either answer. I tend to be more the former. But you camp. don't like to be in a camp. Not, period. Not particularly, <laughs> if I'm camping, I'm fine. Um, I'm I'm more in the camp of the free will thing, mm-hmm. but I'm going to remain humble yep. on either side. Yeah. I will remain humble as well. <laughs> Lauren has yes, not figured it we out. We need to on this one for sure. But it is fascinating. <laughs> it's it's um, yeah. just all of God's word. Every piece of it to me is incredibly fascinating. The more conversations we have, the more I'm like, we need to spend more time in this. Yeah, we need so to good. dissect this we a little bit more. Things. I love so it. Good. It makes me wonder, why don't we just read the Bible all day, every day? I mean, I guess there'd be no more time for serving, but I think that'd be a pretty good, peaceful life. Um, but if you guys do have more questions on this, please visit us at acfellowship.org slash podcast. We would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying these conversations, very interesting, some of them. Fascinating fa- conversations. Yeah, fascinating, Stimulating silly. Conversations. We would love for you guys to leave us a review on your podcast podcast streaming platform of choice. And uh, we just thank you, Will, for answering this question you, for us. And thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next week.